Uh, so, John, we're we're uh, we're back, and we have many many things to talk about that are very expensive. And... We do. <laughs> that seems to be a theme of this show since the very beginning. Although I guess we started talking about a a pizza with hamburgers on it back in the day, and that was a lot less expensive than what we have to talk about today. Well, I, I think we might have, we've we've come full circle now because I have something very expensive that also makes pizza. Um, <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Lay it on me. What is it? Yeah, so this is the... I mean, they were hyping this up for weeks that there was going to be an announcement. This is Uni, the uh, the, 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 the pizza, pizza oven. oven company. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And they... I have the... I don't know. I have the 12-inch, like, wood fire one. It's uh-huh. like their cheapest. It's like their bottom-end model. And they've just announced the Uni Vault 12 electric pizza oven. Um, that you can use indoors, and you can use it outdoors, and it looks amazing. And also, it's eight hundred pound, um, wow, which that's is expensive. And I'm amazed that they're doing it with electricity. I mean, because I mean, part of the thing with these ovens, obviously, is they have to get very, very hot, and that's not your typical toaster oven uh, that you can buy, you know, to put on your counter in your kitchen. I don't know. I think ours maybe goes up to. 450, 475 degrees Fahrenheit, something like that. But these ovens, these uni ovens go much higher than that. I think I read something about this oven being able to sustain like 750 or something like that. That certainly sounds about right because I think, if I remember correctly, I can't do the conversion, but my my outdoor one is, I think it's like 400 or 450 degrees Celsius, something like that it gets up to. All Um, right, yeah. So the conversion sounds about right. Um but yeah, so to, to do this with electric, I'd be very curious how much electric this is using. To, oh, it's uh, probably a lot, yeah. To get up to heat, you know, because the, the, the wood fire ones, maybe like 15 minutes. Um, I can imagine mm-hmm. the electric would probably be a bit quicker than that. Um, but, you know, essentially it's still just an electric oven. Um, right. So to get up to that kind of heat to cook, I mean, this is not going to be a cheap, um, this is not going to be cheap to run. Uh, let alone the fact that you've got to spend £800 just to get one in your house to begin with. It looks like it's pretty big too because it's very well insulated to help keep that heat in. Yeah, I I can't tell exactly because I haven't seen any comparison photos but so the the opening on this, so this is a this this makes 12 inch pizzas which is what my one makes Mm -hmm. Um, but my one, the opening which is very similar size to this is essentially the size of the whole thing Um. Whereas this has another, what looks to be maybe, what, three to four inches on top of that around the entirety of the opening. Right. Um, if I bought this, I would not be able to fit this in my kitchen. I mean, there is, even if I got rid of everything, like there is nowhere that this would fit <laughs> in my kitchen. I mean, they, they sort of show it on a, you know, a lovely central island in a big kitchen, um, you know, which is, that's nice. You know, everybody wants a nice big kitchen, but... Not everybody lives like that. I mean, I live in the UK. No. All of our kitchens are small. Like it's uh... right, right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing is like you you could get this, and you'd have to get even if you could fit it, you'd have to probably clear a counter of everything else that you might use there. It's it's definitely uh, something that's going to take up a lot of space, no matter what the size of your kitchen is. So it is interesting, though. I mean, and I guess because it's electric, you could unplug it store it somewhere and bring it out every now and then and have it on maybe you could even use it outside i think right you oh yeah it, on, it, on it like is, a porch it is uh, out you in know, your garden or something yeah they do say it's, it's you know 
splash proof or whatever it needs to be to be um, rated for outdoors. So I could see myself replacing mine with this in the future. And I'm, I'm quite happy with the wood fire one, if I'm honest, for the amount I use it. Um, but this would also be very convenient, you know, because I don't have right. to have the huge, you know, 10 litre bag of little wood pellets that I've got in my in my garage and, you know, topping it all up and stuff like that. So I could see why this would be good. Again, the price difference would maybe make me think more about it because this is £800. I think in the sale I paid sort of 300 for mine with all the accessories. So you're paying a lot of extra money for this. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot more. Yeah, how is the wood one in terms of like, what's the hassle factor of making a pizza in that? Um, not much, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, so you, it has a little, I don't know, little sort of holder at the back of the oven. Uh-huh. Um, you pour a bunch of pellets in there. You put like a wood fire starter thing in there. You light it up, leave it for say 10 minutes, and then you just fill the funnel up with more wood pellets and then just keep filling it up as long as you're cooking. Um, so it's not, it's not a huge amount of hassle. Obviously you have to wait for it to cool down and empty the the hopper that's it the hopper is what it's what they call it at the back mm-hmm. um you know so you've got to empty that once it's all burnt down but i've kind of got that down to a fine art now where it's basically burnt out when i'm finished um i pr- pretty much burns out and then i'm done with the last pizza so right so um, you're not like burning a bunch of extra wood or anything like that no but, i mean that took a little bit of practice because i didn't really know sort of i can kind of guess now how long it how much wood it's going to burn for each pizza and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not loads of hassle, you know. I'm not, but it but, starts easily and all that kind of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because because of the way it's designed, you know, it is literally designed to pull the fire through the machine. You know, the the inside of it, the actual oven part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it's not particularly difficult to use. Um, I mean, they do have a gas version as well, which is I think another sort of hundred pound or something, which is another mm-hmm. option. Um, of course, with all of these, you've got to factor in paying for wood pellets um which which was a fun thing i hadn't considered previously all of their wood pellets came from russia um, oh, so, <laughs> so that's so, so that stopped and also the price went up quite significantly for a while oh, um wow. i believe they've sorted that now but obviously you know russia's a big country i'm guessing it has a lot of trees um so you know that was a bit of a problem when i went to you know refill um what I needed, but you know, in reality, it's not a huge problem to to buy some wood pellets and some fire starters because none of these things are particularly expensive. Right, right. Interesting. Well, I have to think about this. I mean, it, it is the kind of thing that I've always kind of wanted to be able to do here. But the you know the fact that it's really it's a it's an oven for a, for one particular purpose, which uh, having you know having to store something like that is a little bit much, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe sometime down the road. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my next plan. I think during the summer, if I uh, if I get some time, I'm going to try to make some calzones in there. I think, um, and, and yeah, you can buy sort of, uh, you know, you can buy like skillets and stuff that you can put in there to do, okay. you know, to sort of like finish off steaks or something. Yeah, you can finish off steaks. Um, I've seen like a cinnamon roll recipe on Uni's website. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of you know because again it's just, it's just an oven it just happens to be quite True. hot, right? Um, but as I said to you before we're recording, I am quite excited for the weather to turn so I can make some more yeah. pizza again. 
<laughs> it's starting to get warm here, so I'm thinking about these things already here in North Carolina. I was I've been out in shorts already. Uh, it's been that warm here. We actually had a we had a couple of days that got up to like 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pretty warm. So mm-hmm. no, we've uh, well we've had the coldest night on record for like the last 10 years or something last night. So uh, <laughs> oh no, it's and you know a bunch of people have had snow and st- not here. We we very rarely get snow where I am, but oh I, yeah, I, but, I just heard that there was snow in Scotland. I think yeah, I mean yeah, I, sort of Scotland and the north of the country generally will get quite a lot. Uh-huh. Um, the south coast less so, um, but yeah, it, you know it's been a bunch of snow, and I think it was I think it said it was like the coldest for ten years or something like that. So wow, weather weather's not quite turning for us yet, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Well. I was I was eyeing some big purchases too, and I was explaining to you before we started. I have CES planted the idea of gaming laptops into my head, and I've never quite been able to shake it because I don't really have, you know, I I've got a lot of tech in my life already, and I don't really have a, a space for a full desktop gaming PC. As much as I'd like it, I don't really. I mean, that would mean getting a real gaming display as well as the computer, and I don't really have anywhere to put it. So I started thinking about laptops after seeing some of what was coming this year, and now some of these computers are beginning to become available. And one of the first things I looked at was the Razer 16, which is a 16-inch gaming PC with an NVIDIA RTX 4090 uh, graphics card in it which is the highest uh, end graphics card you can get currently for a laptop. And it performs very well. But as I dug deeper, I found the Lenovo Legion 7i Pro, which Lenovo has been making the Legion line of gaming PCs, gaming laptops for a while. And what's interesting about this one is that it's been reviewed quite a bit by a bunch of different websites and although it has a lesser GPU in it, it's got the 4080, which is one step down from the 4090, it actually performs much better. Well, not I shouldn't say much better. It performs better in most benchmarks than the Razer 16. The Razer 16, I think, still beats it out by a little bit on some ray tracing tests. But, but for the most part, this Legion, uh, Lenovo Legion laptop comes out on top. And what's significant about that is that the Lenovo Legion, although it is expensive at $2,700, it is significantly less than something like the Razer, which is $4,300. So you're talking about, you know, well more than a $1,000 difference for nearly $2,000 difference for a PC that performs uh, better than the the highest end one on the market. So that was kind of interesting. And what really got me thinking about it was one, I mean, it would be nice because it's got, you know, it's got a 240 hertz refresh rate, 16 inch display and really fast storage, 32 gigs of, of RAM and all that. It would be a very nice, compact, relatively compact, because it's still kind of a beefy laptop, way to way to play PC games because as I said I don't really have room for an actual desktop PC and, and monitor but I could put this in the corner of a desk and and play some games and I thought about that and I've also been thinking about too about Apple's headset which is coming 
presumably later this year. And that gave me, uh, that made me think about using the, uh, maybe buying the MetaQuest 2 and connecting it to a PC because it can not only be used standalone with games, it can be connected to a PC and you can do various things on the PC with it. And, you know, I mean, you may wonder why I would want to do that. It's because I feel like I need some context for what's coming down the road from Apple. I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, this is, it does these things, but you know, you need, you kind of need to evaluate that stuff, at least a little bit of context. And I've had some experience with VR and AR and all that, but you know, it's been around for a long time with the Oculus Quest and then the MetaQuest and, and various other, you know, HTC Vive and, and the PS VR and everything. It's been, it's not like a new technology, but it's new to Apple. And so I was looking at ways to try to see if there was a way to do some computing in VR and understand what that might be like. Because the Quest 2 is one of the, I mean, there's the Quest Pro, of course, too, which is much more expensive. But um, there are only so many of these things that actually hook up to a PC and can work with a PC. And uh, I wanted to see what that was like because one of the rumors is that Apple's headset is going to be, in a way, an accessory and an extension of the Mac, which is very interesting to me. So I, I find that very... Yeah, yeah that, that is interesting. Um, I, I think the assumption has always been, and it certainly has from my point of view, that it would be a... You know, it would be an accessory like the Apple Watch, where it is, you know, it's directly linked to a phone or an iPad, right? Um, and, and you know, that would what would be would be driving it. You know, you assume it'd be sort of whatever the latest phones are, and you know, maybe a year or two's worth of the iPads that go. Oh, it works with these, um, but to to make it the the Mac is is an interesting choice if that is what they've done. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So I haven't really, I have not pulled the trigger on this and I actually probably won't at this point. Um, part of it is it's just a lot of money and I don't, that I don't really want to spend given how much I'll actually use it. And two, I'm not convinced that the MetaQuest 2 is really a great way to dip my toes in anyway since it's a four-year-old device and it's likely, no matter what, I think whatever Apple does is probably likely to make the MetaQuest 2 look old just because at that point it will be old because the right the MetaQuest 3 is supposed to be out later this year and maybe then that would make more sense to try depending on when it comes out but uh but yeah that's that's kind of what I've been looking at but that that seems like from all the reviews I've said if I've seen if you're looking for a gaming laptop that Lenovo one is really the the laptop to beat right now yeah, the, the question is, should I spend £3,000 just so I can play Hi-Fi Rush? Um, I know. I know. <laughs> all, that, all your Steam games, all your indie Steam, Steam games will look brilliant on that uh, display. I, I, I feel like this is always the problem when I, you know, because I have a PS5, you know, I've always been a console gamer. I've never had a gaming PC or anything like that. Um, and I feel like the problem is any of these sort of PC-exclusive games or the xbox because i don't i don't have the latest xbox mm-hmm. it's never anything that's you know it's not a a cyberpunk for example you know i don't need all this power i just need something that's like relatively modern um but i still don't think i can justify the cost for the these such few games that i would actually play yeah, on, that, on, on a pc yeah that that that's very much the case i mean i think i 
it's attractive to me too a little bit because I have a Steam Deck and I like playing handhelds, but it would also be a way to to play on a somewhat bigger, brighter screen too. But again, it's really not something that I'm I'm probably going to look at. Let me ask you this about the PlayStation, um, Rob. Do you are do you subscribe to any of the tiers of PlayStation Plus right now? Yeah, hang on, let me think about this. Well, I, do you know what? I'm not even going to think about it because I don't know what it's called. I am on the the bottom end one, the one that was yeah, it's what it was before. Is, essentials is what that one's called. I right, only know so I get the I you know looked. I get the two or three games every month, um, and I can play online, and I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. I mean, I I think we talked about this on the show before last year when this all rolled out. I still had quite a bit of time left to go on my existing my existing subscription and I bumped up to the highest tier just to see what it was like. And you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to cancel it. I mean, part of what you get with those higher tiers, you know, you get the ability to play games over the cloud, which is fine. I guess (laughs) you get a catalog of old games like PS one through PS four or PS three games. And Nice in theory, but the reality is I have so many games that are current that I want to play that I don't have time for those even, that I don't think I'm going to dip back into the PS1, PS2 era. Um, so, yeah, I think, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get rid of it. I've been reevaluating some subscriptions that I've got. And this one, I just got the email from Sony the other day that that's about to expire for me in like a month. So Yeah, I, I, I think the problem... The problem as well is twofold with these older games. Um, firstly, I'm of the opinion that if you're playing 3D games, you really need to be going PS2 or later. Um, anything right. before that really just doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, it's like the Nintendo 64. Most of those games are not very fun to play anymore. No, absolutely not. Um, not, you know, not in the same way that an old you know Game Boy game is, or even an NES game. I mean, those hold up better because... They they were just you know they were two D and the the early three D is really rough. It, it, absolutely, and you know, and people say, oh, you know, I really loved, you know, X game, whatever. You know, I mean, Crash Bandicoot would be a good example before they remade right. it. Um, but that was not fun to go back to. You know, the frame rate was low, it was janky. Like, it, of all the games, I think that probably held up the best. Um, but the the PS one is is just not fun to go back to. Um, at least not for any significant amount of time and then the second sort of problem, not problem for me is that if I look to my left I have a collection of one, two (laughs) hundred games for the PS1, PS2, PS3 so I don't need to play these on streaming like I I have the consoles hooked up to my TV in my office, like I can just play them so obviously that is not the case for everybody, like that's more of a just a problem, not that's just a thing for me but it, there's never been anything there where I'm like, oh yeah, that's worth paying for. Right, right. No, that makes sense. <clears throat> By the same token, though, I was pretty glad to see that Nintendo added the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy games to their online subscription. They finally did, you know, hook me and get me to subscribe to the higher <laughs> tier there because, uh, you know, I will play some of those games. And you know, what kills me too is like, I looked at the games that they released. I was like, oh yeah, these are all the games that I bought. <laughs> For, you know, physical copies of and stuff because there was no good way to play them. And so I was using the analog pocket and then I was 
going on to the 3DS store and buying some of them there uh, to use with my old 3DS. And now I can just play them on my Switch. And the, the benefit of that is just like the screen's bigger, brighter, more colorful. So, you know, as long as it plays relatively the same as the original, I, I probably would play it there first. You know, things like Minish Cap and all that. With oh, Zelda. No. absolutely. I mean, if, I don't think it's a bad thing to still have the physical copies around. Um, because, oh, you know, you, you could cancel. You know, you, you probably will cancel, you know, in a year or something. You're like, oh, I haven't really played anything for a while, so I'll cancel for a bit. Or, right. you know, Nintendo take them off. Or, you know, I, I also can't imagine in, I don't know, say 10 years... Are those games still going to be available? Probably not. You know, the, right. the service will change and the game library will change and you at least you'll still have those physical copies. Well, and look um, at how long we waited for these games to come to the Switch. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason they're doing it now is because Switch sales are down because everybody yeah. who wa- wants one has got one and they haven't come out with a new model yet. And so they are, <laughs> you know, they're juicing their income by doing what Nintendo does best, which is, which is you know, when, when all else fails pull out the old catalog of games and emulate them on your current system. I mean, they've done it before. They did it with the 3DS. Oh, absolutely. And they haven't really released any big games for a while either. No, they really haven't. You know, Zelda's incoming, which is great for people who like that. You know, it wasn't for me, but I totally understand that people love that game. Yeah. Um, But what else have they got coming? You know, they're doing the DLC for Mario Kart, where I think, honestly, they probably could have made more money if they'd made a brand new copy a brand new game yeah um i mean what do i know i don't know what they their have finances dragged, are they like, have, but they have dragged out that dlc for so long what are we on like the second year of dlc or something at this point something like that i still haven't bought it because i'm just like i'd rather just buy it all at once you know I, yeah. i'd rather just wait and just sit there and play all the new tracks and right um i mean my switch is still sat in a box from a year and a half ago because there hasn't been anything new come out that's excited me. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot. I've been playing a little bit again, but um, but yeah, there's not. There hasn't really been a lot in the last eighteen months or so. You know, we're not, we're not seeing any rumors of I don't know a new three D Mario game or um, I mean, Mario Kart is a good example. Like we've got Pikmin Four, Rob. That's what you're oh. gonna play, Pikmin Four. <laughs> sure, yeah, you can hear my excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I kicked Nintendo last week as well, or last episode. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. But um, anyway, I've been playing a little bit again, too. So that, that's that been good. But I think I'm going to drop the PlayStation thing. I'm going to keep Game Pass um, because I actually like Game Pass a lot more. I think there's more options there, especially since I've got the ultimate game pass which means i can play those some of those pc games on some other devices um you know i've talked about my i've got until august i've got the the geforce now service for free until early august which is wonderful yeah great and i mean the catalogs may be a little thin but there are still a lot of good games on there it's a great way to play a bunch of things and I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of my gaming life right now. I just wish I had more time to do it, really, more than anything else. But that's just a matter of kind of carving out the time, I guess. Yeah, I mean, speaking of having time, uh, <laughs> of probably this time next week, I will have no time um, because my my child is being born next week. Yes. So Rob's going to be a daddy. 
Uh, and I still still haven't finished The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. Do you know what? I got like halfway through it. And, yeah. you know, I, I enjoyed it. And then I sort of... I was playing it as the TV show was coming out. Right. Um, and then I sort of got behind. And I'm like, do you know what? It's fine. It's a week to go. I've got a million things to do in the house to, you know, prep for a baby arriving. Um, which you know, turns out that's complicated. There's a lot it of is. things you got. <laughs> you got to feed them and clothe them, and there's all sorts of stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Uh, so you know, it's fine. I'll get back to it at some point. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, well, I don't have I don't have the responsibilities you do, and I haven't gotten back to The Last of Us either. I've been watching the show. I even got back behind on the show, not let alone the game. I was I started playing the game around around the same time the show started, and then I got distracted and didn't really go back to the game. And then I got behind on the show, and then I mostly caught up on the show last weekend. But uh, I still have one, you know, whatever the one that came out last weekend is, I haven't watched yet. Right. Yeah. Well, no spoilers. There's none of that. But you might as well just save it now, because next week's the last episode. Um, So you might as well do those back to back. Um, yeah, that's that. probably a good idea. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. We'll have to see. It's been, I think it's a great show. I really like it. I'm, I've really enjoyed it. I actually think it's gotten better over the course of the episodes that I've watched. I, I, how many episodes is it total? Is it eight? Uh, it's nine total. So th- this, nine. the last episode came out was episode eight. Um, okay. So I've been through, I've watched seven, seven, number seven was one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it goes to show what they can do. Um, and I think I said this about the Jack Reacher show on Amazon Prime as well, but when you you get somebody or a team of people who clearly like the source material right, and enjoy what the source material is about, you know, it's not just a studio saying, oh, we've bought this comic or this game or this book, whatever, just somebody go make this. Like, you can tell that they they love the source material, you know, they love the original game, the original story and the things they're keeping from the game that are like pretty much verbatim Mm -hmm. is, is like, those are the key things people love, you know, the things they've changed, like it all kind of works. Like I'm, I'm not any of the changes they've made don't detract from what the main story is about. Right. Right. No, I agree. And one of the knocks I've heard about it though, is that, it's very formulaic in terms of pushing the story forward and then doing like flashback episodes. And while I get it, that that's kind of the formula of the show. I actually think that works really well because every week is not like relentlessly pushing through hordes of monsters and it makes it less like a video game, which I think is good because it's not a video game. It's a TV show. And while it, I think it's good that it's being true to the story behind the the game itself. I think it does have to be told in a different way. And I think that the flashbacks do a very good job of kind of developing the characters in a way that wouldn't be possible if what you're really doing is just creating a TV show of cutscenes, basically. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you, if that's what you're looking for, like, there are cuts of all the cutscenes on YouTube. You know, you, you <laughs> right. can you can see what the game is like without playing it if that's what you want to do. Um, right, right, and you could you yeah you just play in story mode basically in the game, which is not a bad thing. I mean, especially if you've 
played it before and you want to revisit the story without having to, you know, do all the hard parts of the game. I mean, story modes are there for a reason. They, you know, it's for people who want to enjoy the the story without the difficulty of the game. Oh, absolutely. And and I will, I, th- I think I mentioned this when we last spoke about, I guess it was around the first episode of the show, but um, the show, the podcast that Brian Hamilton Ben McCarthy and Tiffany Arment are doing over the incomparable. The cast of us is uh-huh. excellent. It's great. I mean, I because I love the show so much, I'm yeah. like, I cannot get enough of talking about it. So I'm like, immediately as soon as I finish the show, I'm onto their episode. Um, and then I go to the HBO uh, <laughs> podcast as well. Yeah, I've heard that that's good too. Uh, yeah, they're both great because, like, you know, the the incomparable one is is you know the the sort of um, you know media movie type podcast that we're used to where it's like listening to a bunch of friends just mm-hmm. um chatting and enjoying it and then you get to the hbo one which is a little bit more technical where you get more sort of behind the scenes stuff which is really right. nice as well so as soon as i finish the episode on, a, on like a monday night or monday evening i'm immediately into those two episodes of, of podcast because i want to listen right. to those as well nice very nice very nice no, that's pretty cool yeah Cool. Well, we are going to, we're probably going to take a break, I'm going to say, for probably three or four we weeks are, because we are. I'm going to. things to do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this time in two weeks, I will be in no fit state to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that, that uh, that's a good plan to take a little time off, uh, you know, spend it with your family, enjoy yourself, catch up on your rest. And when you're feeling up to it, we will be back with another episode of Ruminate. Yes, we will. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.